Greetings and welcome. I'm Jane Barton, and this is Cardinal Musings, a podcast focused on the issues of paramount importance as we age, what I call cardinal concerns. So grab a cup of coffee, settle into your favorite chair. It's time to chat. Today, I want to chat about one of my all-time favorite topics, that being animals. I love critters, all creatures, great and small. Always have, always will. My family of choice includes cats and dogs, but I've also enjoyed a deep connection with several horses along the way. So I am blessed indeed. Certainly, I'm not alone in my love of critters. According to the American Pet Products Association, Over 60% of all households in the United States have a pet of some sort. Our love and connection with other creatures is more than a mere physical connection. The human-animal bond is known to be therapeutic in a myriad of ways. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually, we benefit from our bonds with animals of all shapes, sizes, and species. Animals assist us in countless ways over the course of a lifetime. Sharing the journey of aging with another creature can improve our health, reduce the risk of loneliness, and enhance the overall quality of life. So let's honor the animals among us by recognizing the gifts offered day in and day out. Perhaps by being more attentive to our furry, feathered, or hooved companions, we'll be a bit more appreciative of their abiding presence. The biological and cultural evolution of humans is inextricably linked with animals. I learned much about this evolutionary process almost 20 years ago when I returned to academia. When attending Isle of School of Theology, I had the great fortune to attend classes at the University of Denver as well. There existed a cross-registration program for students of either institute. Realizing just how much I love critters, Imagine my delight when I learned that the Graduate School of Social Work had an animal-assisted therapy certificate program. Sign me up for that! I had such fun learning about animal-assisted therapy while exploring the possibility of incorporating a therapy dog into my own spiritual direction practice. Chatting with my professors about the emotional and physical benefits of such a therapeutic approach was one thing. But when I proposed that the interaction with animals also inherently offered spiritual support and healing, the conversations became very lively indeed. One of my professors found the idea fascinating. Since he was somewhat of an agnostic at the time, the potential spiritual aspect of working with animals had not been on his radar screen. Well, it didn't seem like much of a stretch to me, since I've always perceived my connections with critters as sacred and divine, literally. Maybe you feel the same way. I have a feeling if you are an animal lover, you too believe that animals can and do serve as a conduit, connecting us to our sense of a spiritual presence. The bottom line for me is that the presence of animals enriches my life physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Historically, humans have enjoyed sharing the journey of life with animals. As a result, we've learned much about the nature of our animal companions and have subsequently benefited from the countless blessings derived from this relationship. I hope that by reflecting on the evolution of our shared experience, we'll gain a greater appreciation of our beloved animals. 
So let's consider this thing called the human-animal bond. Throughout history, animals have served in many roles to improve the well-being of people. Animals have provided protection, companionship, work, sport, and other benefits. In fact, the human-animal bond appears to be quite ancient indeed and not restricted to a physical relationship. In ancient Greece, it was believed that the divine healing powers of Asclepius, the god of medicine, were extended through sacred dogs. For example, a blind person could regain his or her sight if licked by one of these sacred dogs. In Persia, many people believed that the gaze of a dog could release a person's soul into the afterlife. Thus, animals have historically served to meet the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of humans. It's only recently that animals have served in therapeutic settings. In the late 1700s, a mental asylum established by the Society of Friends in England incorporated animals into their treatment plans. Patients were encouraged to participate in gardening as well as interacting with small animals such as rabbits and poultry. As patients nurtured and cared for the plants and animals, they regained a sense of accomplishment and self-worth. In 1942, the first deliberate animal-facilitated therapeutic program was developed at an Army Air Force rehab center in New York. Therapeutic exercises were designed around livestock, horses, and poultry. Animals were used as a diversion to the sometimes painful and tedious physical therapy. Then in the 1960s, Boris Levinson was one of the first psychologists to report the detailed therapeutic benefits of adults and children interacting with pets. Granted, historical documentation of the therapeutic benefits of animals is somewhat limited, and specifically designed therapeutic programs are relatively recent. Regardless, I think it's safe to say that humans have benefited from our relationships with animals since our paths were trails crossed thousands of years ago. From a therapeutic perspective, animals often serve as nonverbal communication mediators. Due to animals' non-threatening, non-judgmental, accepting, loving presence, they serve as social catalysts and almost lubricants, encouraging interaction with other people. Additionally, animals can transform the space in which they reside merely by their presence. A room becomes safer, more inviting, more healing when an animal is present. Or a person becomes more approachable when walking a dog in the park. In recent studies with Alzheimer's patients, animals are credited with reducing the level of anxiety within a community as evidenced by less aggressive behaviors. Reduced stress also enhances one's ability to communicate verbally and non-verbally. This was recognized by Catherine Batson over 20 years ago when she was conducting research related to the experience of Alzheimer's disease. She states that the presence of the therapy dog enhanced nonverbal communication as shown by increases in looks, smiles, tactile contact, and physical warmth. Animals also enhance our physical well-being. There are studies that document the physiological results of interacting with animals, including reduced blood pressure and heart rate, as well as lower skin temperatures. 
Thus, animals facilitate the achievement of social, emotional, psychological, and physiological therapeutic goals. But instead of spouting off statistics and recounting various studies, perhaps it's best to describe some of the amazing gifts that animals offer by sharing a few stories. And you know me, I love a good story. Obviously, creatures great and small enrich our lives in various and sundry ways. Since we can't adequately discuss all the ways today, let's focus on two particularly important blessings offered by our animal companions, nonverbal communication and intuitive healing. No doubt we've all wondered how in the world our pets just know when we aren't feeling well, physically or emotionally. They seemingly pick up on our energy, body posture, and emotional state. They read us by patient observation. Not surprising since 70% of human communication is nonverbal. So maybe there's something to be learned from our animal companions, right? Think about it. What if humans became better at picking up on the nonverbal signals of family, friends, and colleagues? What if we learned to be more observant, more present, more attentive to those around us? How might that enhance our relationships and facilitate communication? Hmm, something to think about and then put into practice. This could be a game changer in our ability to connect and to communicate with each other. Therefore, let's pay attention. Animals are wonderful instructors in the art of nonverbal communication. Yes, animals can communicate verbally, such as barking or growling in the case of dogs. But nonverbal messages are more common and very effective. Body posture, facial expressions, and ear position, refer to as social signaling, are a few ways in which animals express emotions and convey information to other animals and humans. Not only do the animals project nonverbal signals, but they receive and interpret them as well. Humans can and do similar social signaling. We are just less adept at picking up on the nonverbal clues, and perhaps even less skilled at wiggling our ears. For example, a dog's perception and learning abilities have enabled it to understand the meaning of very slight body movements. This is fairly obvious when observing the interaction of dogs. Next time you see some dogs playing together, pay attention to all of the signals being sent without sound. Play bowing, the swish of a tail, the baring of teeth, yawning, and the laying back of the ears. It's fascinating to watch this silent conversation. Dogs also pick up on the nonverbals expressed by their human companions, as noted previously. Most pet owners have many stories of how their cats or dogs seem to know when they're feeling depressed or ill. My dogs and cats are always my best caregivers, coming to my aid when I need them the most. And I need not say a word. They just know when I need a caring, non-anxious presence by my side. What a wonderful comfort. A purring cat or a snuggling pup at your side when feeling blue. How do animals know? 
Well, it's certainly beyond the scope of this podcast to detail the scientific intricacies of how animals read us. But I do believe that we can improve our ability to read nonverbal messages by watching our animal companions. The lessons learned through mere observation can then be leveraged in our human interactions. So, allow me to share a lesson learned when I witnessed a therapy dog interacting with a gentleman in a memory-specific care community. To this day, now 18 years later, my memory of Millie and Bob informs how I read and engage people. When serving as a hospice chaplain, I observed a sacred interaction between a gentleman with Alzheimer's disease and a therapy dog. That experience taught me the importance of quietly assessing the situation, reading the energy in the room, and responding in an honoring and respectful manner. Without a word, it's possible to connect and to communicate effectively and compassionately. It's a life lesson that I will remember forever. After hearing my story, perhaps you will as well. So let's consider the story of Millie and Bob. I met Bob when visiting a memory-specific care community. Bob was confined to a wheelchair as a consequence of recent problematic behaviors. Due to the progression of the disease, periodically he was physically abusive to staff and residents. Consequently, the safety of all concerned was becoming of primary importance in Bob's care. His experience of the disease was a trial for everyone, Bob most of all. The staff described Bob as seemingly tormented, hence the hospice team had been asked to intervene. The social worker on the team suggested a visit with the hospice therapy dog, Millie. She had worked her magic with other patients, and perhaps she could help Bob as well. Previously, the team had attempted other interventions such as music therapy and aromatherapy, but with little success. In all honesty, Millie was our last hope of helping Bob. We were out of options and ideas. As we entered the residence, we discussed the need to protect Millie from physical abuse. Bob had thrown punches and lashed out at people recently, and such a blow to a therapy dog could negate years of training. The handler understood the situation well and was confident she could maintain a safe environment for Millie as well as Bob. Once through the security door, we entered a large room where the residents were gathered for the morning activities. Upon Millie's arrival, the energy in the room rose dramatically. Several residents came over to pet her and were radiant as a result of the encounter. Millie then approached Bob, who was obviously distressed. He was sitting in his wheelchair, straining against the confining tray. His shoulders were slumped, head down. He mumbled incoherent phrases. And then Millie approached slowly and sniffed his leg. She immediately retreated a few feet and sat down. The handler then asked Bob if he would like to pet Millie. He then began shouting profanities and swinging his arms. As he calmed down, Millie slowly approached once again. This time, Bob yelled at her and raised his hand. Millie retreated and then turned her back to him. At the time, I thought this response dismissive or possibly protective. 
However, after considerable reflection, I now understand the nonverbal message Millie was sending Bob, a message of honor and respect. She would not invade his space unless invited to do so. As Millie sat patiently, Bob physically changed. His shoulders relaxed, his face softened, his eyes filled with tears. And then he slowly reached out to Millie, gently touching her. And Millie rewarded his kindness by tenderly licking the palm of his hand. And Bob smiled. He was no longer tormented. Because of Millie's patience and presence, Bob no longer felt alone. He had been seen, heard, and cared for by Millie. I will never forget that life lesson offered by Millie. Connection and communication begin with being present. Then by paying attention, we can discern the spoken and unspoken messages, thus allowing us to respond in beneficial, compassionate ways. So remember, stop, look, listen, and then care. This is heartfelt communication at its very best. In addition to being consummate communicators, many animals are intuitive healers. Intuition is described as a felt sense of knowing, separate from cognitive processes or emotions. We just know something. We sense it. We feel it in our bones. The good news is that we're all intuitive beings to a greater or lesser extent. However, there is always room for improvement, right? So, if we're so inclined, we can become better at sensing what is going on around us. Furthermore, our animal friends can once again lead us by the hand. We can learn from their examples of intuition in action, particularly in the realm of healing. Having shared my experience of life with animals for 64 plus years now, I firmly believe that animals are holistic healers, a healing balm for the mind, body, and spirit. Absolutely incredible, right? Now, there are many scientific studies documenting the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual healing that results from interactions with animals. For example, the presence of a dog can precipitate the lowering of blood pressure. Those persons with dementia are calmed and soothed when petting a dog or cat. And many a therapist has realized that patients are more inclined to share stories and emote freely if a dog is in the room. From personal experience, I know that many people sense the presence of the divine when sharing a quiet moment with a dog, cat, or horse. My point, animals are not limited to a specific realm of healing. Whether we are hurting physically, emotionally, or spiritually, animals seem to know just what we need. How does this happen? Well, I'll leave it up to you to explore the various scientific studies that explain the hows and the whys of the healing nature of animals. I, instead, prefer to relate another story to highlight the lessons offered by our intuitive animal healers. Observing a children's bereavement group while working in hospice many years ago afforded me the opportunity to witness the intuitive healing of dogs, another life lesson I will never forget. When working as a chaplain intern 17 years ago, 
I had the opportunity to work with grieving children. It was there that I met Sally. She was 13 and had been attending bi-monthly sessions at the grief center following the death of her father. She was a rather quiet, reserved child who chose to express her grief through artistic endeavors. Although the grief counselors were quite adept at reading Sally, it was the therapy dog, Simon, who connected with Sally in life-giving and life-changing ways. Simon was incredibly sensitive to the energy of every child, sensing who needed him the most. At this particular session, Simon initially checked in with everyone in the room. He approached the kids and the staff one at a time, wagging his tail and offering a gentle nudge here and there. This touch-and-go behavior occurred throughout the session, but Simon always ended up sitting or standing by Sally, who had an emotional heaviness about her. Simon curled up at her feet when she was sitting, followed her from room to room, and sat beside her when she worked on her art projects. Several times he licked her face and seemingly invited her to rub his ears. At the end of the session, the kids were free to choose an activity that they particularly enjoyed. Sally chose to lie on the floor and look at the mural on the ceiling. Simon initially straddled her upper torso as if protecting her. But after a few minutes... Simon walked around and stretched out beside her, laying his head upon her chest. Gradually, the dog and the girl began breathing as one, and I could sense Sally relaxing. It was as if Simon was breathing life back into this child. As Simon continued to look lovingly at her, a smile graced Sally's face, and for an instant, she was at peace. As I witnessed this sacred moment, I knew in my heart I was seeing more than a young girl snuggling with a sweet dog. I was witnessing the healing of a profoundly wounded child. It's an image I'll cherish forever. The image of how healing happens. Intuitive healing. A blessing indeed. In future episodes, no doubt I'll share a few more stories of animals. I have a long history with cats, dogs, and horses resulting in many amazing memories. All of these creatures, great and small, have been and continue to be wise and patient instructors of life. I'm privileged to share the journey with my animal companions. In fact, I can't imagine life without them. And I'm not alone. Perhaps you've seen some of the statistics related to the increase in adoption rates since the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Initially, some shelters and rescue organizations experienced a 600% increase in adoption rates. This was shortly after the mandate to stay at home. People were feeling incredibly isolated and alone. So they decided it was time to adopt a dog, cat, bunny, ferret, or whatever. The point being, animals were needed as a balm for life-draining and life-threatening loneliness. A gift indeed. Today, adoption rates have somewhat moderated, obviously. However, there are many shelters reporting a sustained demand for animals. 
So in a future podcast, we'll chat about what is required financially, physically, and emotionally to be a caring, compassionate, and worthy human companion to our beloved animals. Yes, animals assist us in being well and aging well in countless ways. So let's not forget that we have a responsibility and a commitment to assist our animals along the way as well. All creatures, great and small, are deserving of nothing less. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you heard something of benefit. I also offer virtual programs and reflections on similar topics. If interested, please check out my website to review upcoming events and to read my blog at cardinallife.com. Send any questions, comments, or suggestions to my email, cardinallife at msn.com. I look forward to musing with you again in the very near future about other cardinal concerns. Till then, take good care and remember to enjoy the moment. Blessings to you and yours.